Second Chronicles chapter 20. Oh, you know, I don't say I'm so intense when I get up here to preach and uh, I need to chill out. So I just want to say I love you so much. I'm so proud of your faith. What God is doing in this church is unbelievable. And when I say what God is doing, he's doing it through us. He's doing it through you. Last week, 52 salvations in church. Come on. That's amazing. It means you're inviting friends. It means you're inviting family. It, it, um, just, just what the Lord is doing. Incredible. And, uh, and so I'm very grateful. And I'm grateful for you. Grateful for the way you love us, the way you love God, the way you love the church. We feel, Shannon and I feel so supported. And uh, we're, we're, not, we're not tired. We're not burnt out. Uh, we, feel, we feel absolutely energized for the season ahead. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and we're with you, heart and soul. So just want to say that. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. Omar started crying during pre-service prayer. Now I feel. I was in, the, I was in my office crying. Now I'm, Okay, here we go. Get it together, Javen. I, I, I started talking about fear last week. Let me just say this one more time because people are trying to figure me out. You don't need to figure me out. Because I'm only telling you what I don't, what was he? It was not a sermon about masks or vaccines or your political persuasion. It was a sermon about fear. So don't, people trying to put words in my mouth. So I don't, I don't care about any of that. That's between you, your doctor, your like whatever, your conviction, your whatever. That's not for, for really for four years as a church. Can you believe it? In February, we'll celebrate four, our four-year anniversary. So, so for four years, I've left all of what's going on in our world out of Sunday because I want to just give you a little bit of relief for an hour. Okay? So, so if I start talking about fear and what's going on in our world right now, it's not from a, any other place than from the Scripture. And I just thought, let me just come right out and say that. So that you can receive the word and not try to figure out what's pastor trying to, what's he trying to say right now? I'm just preaching the Bible. It happened. Now, now, now what happened? Um, this, is, this is what happened. Jehoshaphat is the king of Israel. What a great name, by the way. If you're, if you're having a son, Jehoshaphat's the, Jehoshaphat's the name, okay? Uh, Je- Jehoshaphat is the king of Israel. And they're, they're coming under attack. Now, now watch what happens. It happened that after the people of Moab with the people of Ammon, so there's these enemies of Israel coming against them, and others with them besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So, so the people of God are under attack. And they came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. Verse 3, this is so key, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared... And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together. Now watch this. They gathered together to ask for help from the Lord. From the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule from all the kingdoms of the nations? And in you 
And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. Now, a very popular part of this scripture comes after this. They, they, they seek the Lord, they pray, they fast, and then the prophet speaks. And this is where the prophet gives that very amazing um, instruction. There's a very famous scripture um, where it says, believe God's prophets and you'll prosper. It's a real famous part. But then the, the prophet says, here's what you're going to do. Here's how you're going to fight your battle. Put down your swords, put down your bow and arrows, put down, you're going to go in praising with trumpets. And so we've, uh, many people in church have heard that part, but they got the prophetic word because of their initial response to the attack. <laughs> and so we, we go right to the prophetic word, but you got to understand there was actually a setup to the prophetic word. So I want to I talk about this. Uh, last week I talked about the contradiction of fear. Today I want to talk about the proper response to fear. The proper response to fear. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the moments we share. I just pray now for uh, just a grace as I teach through this. I thank you that you are setting us free from the spirit of fear. And you are moving us into the spirit of faith. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, Zach. So we talked about last week, fear is the expectation of danger. And the, the, um, the desired response to fear is to take flight or to run away. This is, this is what, so, so when, I'm, when I'm in the spirit of fear, I'm expecting danger. And when I am afraid, the thing that happens is we want to take flight. Now, I've noticed this is so funny with um, our little Goldie, five years old. If I ever scare her, not purposely, but if I just scare, you know, I come around the corner too quick, it is, it is amazing that her natural response is to run. So it's like, ah, and then she just starts running. It's like, it's me. I'm right, your father. So there is, this, there is this thing that wants to draw back. This is what fear wants to do. It wants to get us to run, to take flight, to draw back. And so God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit that, that runs away, that draws back, that is timid. But you just got to know that, that the initial desire when you're afraid is you're going to want to run. So fear is the expectation of danger. Faith is the expectation of God doing good. So we talked last week. We're in a culture of fear. We're in a culture of panic. We're in a culture of worry. Jesus prophesied this in Luke 21. He said that in the last days, the people would be terrified. That's where, that's where we are right now. So so now here's the question, what's my response to fear? Because we're in the world, so there's going to be fearful moments, right? Like until we get to heaven, there's going to be moments where it's like, okay, I'm afraid, this, this is it. And I think we've actually, the temptation for you will be to try to build such a life of perceived safety, <laughs> With no risk, with 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 no decisions, with uh, with a with a false sense of control. That that's not really 
what we're after. What we're after is in the midst of the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. In the midst of the world, I'm not living with the spirit of fear. Okay, so what's my response when the fear comes? What's my proper response to fear? Here's number one. You have to close the gap. You gotta close the gap. Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. So let me just, just speak to your humanity for a second. The feeling of fear, the emotion of fear is not bad. It's not sinful. It's not wrong. It's not... It's normal. It, there, there's, this, there's this moment of, whew, okay, I'm afraid. There's this feeling of, okay, I'm afraid. There's, there's going to be moments like that. And that doesn't mean that you have a lack of faith. Feeling fear is not sinful. Feeling fear is not a sign of a lack of faith. But listen, but it is an emotion reminding me that I need God. <laughs> that I need faith. So if I'm feeling fear, it's not that, okay, I'm a terrible person and I need more faith and I get, no, but it, but it is a little reminder in my spirit going, okay, go back to God, go back to Jesus. What does God say? What is God doing? It, it, it causes me like Jehoshaphat to set, to seek the Lord again. Like, so God says this hundreds and hundreds of times in scriptures, fear not, fear not, fear not. He is, he is saying, I understand it's scary. I understand you're afraid. When God says fear not, he's not saying toughen up, don't be a scaredy cat. He's saying, I know you're afraid, I know it's scary, obey me. There's going to be grace. There's going to be courage. There's going to be faith. There's, there's going there's to be what, there's going to be wisdom. There's going to be what you need in the moment. Fear not, not, not saying, okay, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm bold. I'm bold. I'm bold. No, no, no. It's not about some fake positive affirmation. It's about going, I am afraid, but I fear not. In other words, I'm not letting fear make the decision. God's making the decision. Fear's not making the decision. Faith is making the decision. Fear won't make the decision. Courage will make the decision. So when fear comes knocking on my door, I send faith to answer. Okay, so I just want to make this clear. It's, you're not a bad person or a sinful person if you, if you deal with this. And, and I want to give you one of the coolest things I've seen in Scripture. Verse 3. And if we could put it up, guys, I know I'm sorry I'm throwing off the order, but if we could go back to verse three, Jehoshaphat feared, y'all see that little punctuation, that little, that's not a period, I know it's hard on here, if you're online, it's easy to see it on the, it's a comma, I want, I want you to catch this, many of you are putting a period at the end of fear. I'm afraid, give up. I'm afraid, give in. I'm afraid, I guess that's it. I'm afraid, I guess that's, that's my wall. That's, that's the closed door. That's where it ends. We, we want to end, and God's going, no, the fear is actually a transitional moment to go to the next level. Oh, my God. You, you, you're, the temptation is to stop 
and God's going, but there's actually a comma there. Um, I actually want to bring you into something new. Most of us put a period at the end of fear. We give up, we give into it, we accept it as our life. We believe it's going to be our foundational uh, emotion. Okay, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. All right, here comes the enemy. They're going to kill us. It was a good run while it lasted. But Jehoshaphat does not accept fear as his final authority. See, what you do with fear matters. What you do after the fear matters. What you do with the news matters. So, so now, now, again, fear means to run away or take flight. Now, see the exact opposite in verse 3. Jehoshaphat's afraid. This is what it tells me. Just like you, just like me, he wanted to do the same thing. He wanted to run. Look what he does. And he set himself. He did the exact opposite of what he felt because he knew that what he felt was going to lead him to defeat. So he had to make the exact opposite decision of what his emotions were telling him. Flight, 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 run, run, run. Now I'm going to set. I'm actually not going to move. I want to move. I'm not going to move. I want to make a decision. I'm not going to make a decision. I want to send that email. I'm not going to send that email. I want to make that post. I'm not going to make that post. Uh, I want to send that text. I'm not going to send that text. I'm actually going to set. I'm actually going to be still. I'm actually going to take a moment. I'm not going to get in a hurry because with fear comes all of these emotions to make decisions. And he actually does. He just, the, the only decision he makes is to be still. This, this word to set literally means to decide. Jehoshaphat, in that moment, he decides. And the decision is, I'm not going with my feelings. They're real. They're present. They're just not going to be in charge. There is always, never forget this, there is always a decision to be made when you are afraid. I didn't know that was going to rhyme until I just read it out loud. There is always a decision to be made when you are afraid. Sometimes you type things and you don't. He wanted to run, instead he stopped. He set, he got still. He did the opposite of what he felt. He seeks the Lord. He closes the gap. He goes after God. (sighs) Number two, you got to clear the clutter. Here's what he does, because he's not a prophet. But you don't have to be a prophet to do spiritual things that'll bring spiritual breakthroughs. Now he's going to get a prophetic word. You got to understand he's, everything is a setup for the voice of God to come in. Like everything that we do in the natural, we do for the supernatural moments with God. I don't, I don't take pride in that I'm set. I don't take pride in that I fast. I don't take pride. All of that is for the moment when the spirit of the Lord speaks to me. Okay, so I want you to catch, okay, clear the clutter. What does he do? Verse three, let's fast. How long? I don't know, but we're going to fast till we get an answer. He clears the clutter. See, we just, if you're, if you're new with us, we just finished a 10-day Daniel fast. Da- uh, fasting, it creates space. It, fasting simplifies. Fasting separates. Um, it's more than the food. It's the separation. It's... It's the change of pace. 
It's the slowing down. It's hopefully less screen time and more time in the word. It's, it's the focus on the Lord. So, so in our culture, we must disconnect more. You want to fear less in 2022? You want to be faith-filled in 2022? You're going to have to be more disconnected from the spirit and noise of this world. Jamie, no, I got to fast more? Maybe, but I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about clearing the clutter. They, for them, it was fasting. But in our world, we must do things to simplify our life. Okay, so now let me just go a little brainy real quick. It's going to be a little boring, but not really. Maybe it won't be boring if I tell you. According to psychiatrist Dr. Anna Lemke, who is the chief of addiction medicine diagnosis clinic at the Stanford University. Okay, so she's smart. So her focus is on addiction. Um, her focus is on the brain. Her focus is on, on the cravings and especially of what's going on in the West. Now, here's what she said. Now, this isn't a preacher. This isn't an apostle. So if you don't want to, I didn't come here to listen to him stand for it. I came here for the Bible. Okay, cool. So forgive me. Be gracious for five minutes. Here's what she says. The wealthiest countries in the world have the highest rates of suicide, depression, anxiety, and phobias. That's not some angry preacher. This is a, this is a, a, She's, I don't think, a Christian from Stanford talking about we are more depressed, more anxious, more suicidal. Okay. Maybe you've wondered why. So now, like, if we're preachers, we just go, because you, you got all the stuff of the world, but you need God. But, but let me go even deeper. Because <laughs> a lot of y'all got God, and, you're, and we're still a mess. Okay. <laughs> One of the reasons that she points out, um, and, and she talks a lot about dopamine fasting. This is a whole other thing. I won't get into it. I'll, I'll put some links on my, on my story on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram if you want to go to heaven. Yeah. You know, that's going to like, someone's going to get that clip. Toxic pastor says. Okay. It's a joke. Don't follow me. Unfollow. Block me. But I'll, but I'll post some things on my story. She actually says we have a dopamine addiction. Yes. We're, we're, we're hooked on it. Um, and I, I won't get into that. Okay, I got to keep moving. It's 9 o'clock. I got to keep moving. It, one of the reasons that we're so depressed, so anxious, so suicidal is because we have so much pleasure. We actually don't know how to turn it off. So, so here's what she tells us, that in our brain, our brain craves balance. The part of our brain that generates pleasure is the same part of our brain that generates pain. And this part of our brain is constantly trying to bring you to a place of balance. Here's what this means. So when you have high pleasure, your brain, high pleasure, high pain, either way your brain sees it as stress. So if if it's a full day of... White sugar, alcohol, video games, Netflix and chill, pornography, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook fights. Because some of you find pleasure in that. And if you feed on that, 
your brain does it it's too much pleasure so she calls them little gremlins in your brain she that's what she says she goes your brain is actually trying to fight to get back to balance because it doesn't like that much pleasure and then what we do is because we like it we actually feed it more so we have another beer we play one more video game we keep scrolling And, and, and this could be as, as innocent as getting stuck on Facebook, and it could be, it, it could be pornography. It could be Snickers, and it could be vodka. Does this make, like, I want you to see, it's too much pleasure. Now, now from, from her, not being a believer, she's going, our brain hasn't evolved. Like, a uh, hundred years ago, like, we were, like, digging and planting and... Like our brain isn't ready for this. Our brain isn't ready for air conditioning and video games for 14 hours. Does this, I hope I'm, okay. So now our brain is fighting that and it releases so much to fight all that huge, massive release of dopamine and then it releases us into depression. Well, how do we, how do we feed it? Well, how do we fight it? Well, let me, we go back to the video games. We go back to TikTok. We go back to sugar. We go back to alcohol. We go back to... So now we're in this constant imbalance. Jehoshaphat, 4,000 years ago, says, we need to simplify. We just need to stop, like, put, put away all the food and put away all the stuff, and we're going to seek God. We're going to simplify Okay, so basically, what our brain needs is the exact opposite of the diet we feed it in the West. High pleasure, high fear. Just think about this. In the West, it's food, it's drug, it's alcohol, it's sexual pleasure, it's rest, it's screen time, it's entertainment, and then it's pandemics, (laughs) constant news cycles, extreme violence and our and our brain doesn't know where to go so so now the big thing that neuroscientists are talking about is dopamine fasting like here's what they're saying to do this is all so ancient go on a walk no for real go sit on your porch without your phone and just Put the phone away, less screen time, less alcohol, less sugar, meditate, pray, read the Bible, slow down, cut, cut the screen time, cut the TV, cut the, cut the iPads, cut the. And, and if you think this is affecting adults, I can't even imagine what it's doing to our kids. And our, and our, our literally our brain, what, what they're saying is we've evolved, with, technology's evolved so quickly and, and basically this whole generation cannot handle how quickly technology has gone because it didn't, it didn't happen like in a day. 
You know what I mean? This, we, we, have, we have more technology now on our phone than... So we just, you actually, again, I talked about this last week. You actually have to see all this as like a, like a pet tiger I talked about. Like it's kind of cool and cute and exotic until it kills you. So you actually have to have less time on the screen. You actually have to cut back on these things. And, and now think about um, what are we doing after, okay, hard day of work. We all, we all go through it. Tough day of work, and we, and we say things like, oh, I just need a drink. Now, I know some of you are sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't think that way, but can I just talk to 99% of our church? And what do we do? And we go home, and we get sugar, and we get alcohol, and we turn on TV. And, and we wonder why it doesn't actually make us feel better. Now, I'm not even being a preacher right now. What if, what if hard day of work and you got home and said, let's, all, let's just go on a walk? I got to read, read some scripture. Let me turn on a sermon. Let's get some worship music going in the house. Let me crush some water. Are y'all catching this? You got a simple, Jehoshaphat, he doesn't, he doesn't know that what he's doing is so important. When you're facing fear, you got to clear the clutter. Because right now we're in a generation, all we're doing is feeding it. Okay, let me try to get more spiritual now. Number three, connect your faith. You got to connect your faith. So Judah gathered. So Judah, they gathered. I got to get together with some people. <laughs> now, now I'm, not, I'm not talking about you who are online right now. You can't be in the building yet. Maybe there's health challenges or concerns. That's okay. Whether, whether online or in the building, I just want you to wrestle with this question this week. Am I isolated? Am I gathered? Or am I isolated? Am I really in the community? Where, where, where am I really? Jehoshaphat says, I got, we got to get together. We need to attach our faith. We need to connect our faith. I, I need some faith friends. <laughs> so in a season like we're in of division, a season of fear, a season of strong opinion, we must fight for the gathering. Now, and if it's online, then it's online. If it's joining a small group online, it's joining. A, but we got to fight for the gathering. We got to fight to get around the saints. We've got to fight to get. We've got to. We've got to press for unity. We've got to get around people because an isolated Christian honestly won't be a Christian very long. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Just like an isolated gazelle is going to be lion lunch. An isolated Christian is going to be devil dinner. Amen. Can I? You, we got to get together. They gathered. Jehoshaphat fears the news and he goes, put the plate away. We're going to gather. 
We're going to do some Tuesday night prayer. We're going to join a small group. We're going to get into the house of God. I got to get around the saints of God. I got to get around the people of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says two are better than one. Everybody say two are better than one. One more time. Two are better than one. Look at Jesus, Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven again. I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. If you're in a fight, don't fight alone. If you're in a battle, you better find some faith friends to go into battle with you. Come on, everybody say amen right now. Clap your hands. Jehoshaphat says, we got to gather. I'm not going to fast alone. I'm not going to pray alone. We're going to do this together. Let me have the keys come up. Come on, we've got to get together. I got to attach my faith. I know we don't perfectly agree politically, but I need your faith. I know we don't always see things the same way, but I need your faith. I know we might feel differently about some things, but I ain't going to let the devil separate us. I need your faith. Pray with me. Praise with me. Talk with me. Encourage me. Laugh with me. Cry with me. Rejoice with me. Mourn with me. Eat with me. Fast with me. Go to church with me. Watch online with me. Remind me that God is with me. Lay your hands on me. Push me to take a step of faith. Dare me to dream. I, I need you. I need you. You need me. We need each other. And in a season of isolation and in a season of screens, we can't lose the touch. Jehoshaphat doesn't say, I'm going to go get along with God. He goes, actually, this is such a big battle. We're all going to gather. We're all going to pray. We're all going to fast. We're all going to seek the Lord. And we're all going to get a word from heaven. Connect your faith. I don't know what exactly that means for you in this season, but... Wrestle with, am I connected? Am I isolated? Am I gathered? Am I isolated? Second Corinthians. I've read this scripture so many times over the life of our church, and i got to read it again. Chapter 7. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict on every direction. Battles on the outside. Fear on the inside. But God. Everybody say, but God. but God. Let me tell you why I love church, because every church service is a but God moment. Every time we gather, every small group we have, every Tuesday night prayer, every young, every gathering for our young people, every time we have something for the children, every time a serve team a meeting happens, but God who encourages those who are discouraged, encourage us, not by the move of the Holy Ghost, not by the scripture. All those are good. By the arrival of Titus. Paul goes, I needed a friend. (laughs) Connect your faith. Connect your faith. I need you. 
I need your faith. I need your, I need your outlook. I need your optimism. I need your rebuke. I need, I need you. I need you. Well, we've run out of time, but they do this and the prophet speaks. And every time we do what I'm preaching about today, the voice of the Holy Spirit will always speak. I just promise you. If you close that gap and you seek the Lord, you will find the Lord. If you clear the, the clutter, you'll hear the Lord. If you, if you connect your faith, you'll feel the Lord. <laughs> and they get their divine word from God. They go in, they get victory over the enemy. So I'm not, I'm not promising no battles. But I am declaring victory in the battle. This is our proper response to fear. It's around. It's real. It, it just isn't the boss. <laughs> it just isn't the boss. I'll just remind you of this little story of Goldie when... When Goldie said, Dad, and me, Shannon, and Goldie were all there, our little five-year-old, she goes, Dad, we're all the boss. <laughs> and, and I said, baby, I'm the boss. <laughs> and and fear, want, fear wants a seat at your table and goes, we're all the boss. <laughs> and you got to look back at fear and go, yo, dog, yeah. I'm the boss. <laughs> You're here, you're chirping, <laughs> you're trying to bring in, but no. And so I'm, de- I'm declaring I'm declaring a comma where there has been a period. <laughs> and I'm, I'm declaring over City Light Church and over the people of this church. Absolute freedom from that from that temptation to flight. No, we're gonna we're gonna be set in the promises and purposes of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Can we applaud the Lord? Can we give God praise for the word today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.